my clients of the passing of time. I want them to feel safe and heard, without the pressure of a clock hurrying them along. How do you know when the session is over? It's over when it's over. So, what if I was to sit here all morning? Why would you do that, Sam? It's just a hypothesis, Dr. Albrecht. I smiled. Getting dismissed from therapy might be easier than I had thought. I guess I would ask you to bring whatever thoughts were going through your mind to our next session. You mean, hurry me along? No, not hurry you along, but gently inform you that I have other clients to see other than you. So, you do keep track of time? Not exactly. Again, I don't like to remind my clients, but by gently informing me, you'd be reminding me of the passing of time, thus adding pressure. Sam... We're getting way off topic. Let's go back to talking about your new school. She sighed, uncrossing her legs and then recrossing them. But we can't. I shrugged, getting up off the sofa and grabbing my hoodie off the edge. And why is that? She asked, sliding her glasses off a thin face that wore a tired expression. Because according to the large watch on your wrist that you kept glancing down at, we're all out of time. I leaned over and popped a green mint into my mouth from the glass bowl that sat on the table by her black-skinned planner, and as I pushed open the door to the waiting room, I heard her notebook slam shut. Unlocking my bike from the metal grid in the car park, I swung a leg over and pushed my foot down hard on the pedal. Dr. Albrecht's office shrank behind me until it became no more than a dot in the distance. Only seven more sessions to go. 420 more minutes that I would have to sit on that leather sofa and face questions that I didn't have the answers to. The late summer wind whipped at my face, a non-existent chill stinging my skin. I pedalled harder and harder, faster and faster. The wheels spun wildly like a washing machine going around and around. I lifted off the seat and leaned to the left, the bike curving around Nocturne Lane onto Nockathy Bray. Small, square, semi-detached houses lined the streets, their brick roofs blending into one thick, blurry stream of red as I sped past. Around the corner, into Findhorn Drive, past Market Bray, down onto Pembroke Road, I slammed the brakes on. There it was, Pembroke Academy. How could I have gone down this way? I should have taken the right onto Golfview Road and gone past the golf course, but I didn't think. Or perhaps I did, and this was where I really wanted to be. My body was ready to confront my ghosts before I was. My chest heaved in and out as my lungs struggled to gasp air. Lips parted, eyes open wide. I just stared at the pale yellow building. It was bigger than I remembered, or maybe smaller. The rectangular windows, methodically spaced out only inches from each other, were in darkness. Wooden boards covered up the broken windows on the first floor, where students and teachers had tried to escape. A chair lay on its side, having been thrown through the window to break it. Shards of glass still lay on the tarmac beneath the frames. Yellow strips of do-not-enter tape crossed the exit doors and the main entrance. On the front steps lay a black shoe, as if someone had left it behind as they ran from the building. Several contractors had publicly turned down the opportunity of refurbishing Pembroke Academy. I guess no price was high enough to clean blood off the walls. As far as I knew, the school council was trying to hire a company from the city, where the echo of screams was slightly quieter. I squeezed my eyes shut, 
biting down on my lip until I tasted warm blood. I could hear them even though I hadn't been there. The desperate screams, the frantic 999 calls, the smashing of the windows. It was so loud in my ears. I pressed my hands into my ears. Stop, I whispered. Please, stop. But it didn't stop. The screams got louder, more high-pitched, and the sound of glass shattering became deafening. Sam? I blinked my eyes open and saw the outline of someone that I used to know, someone that used to be my friend. I opened my mouth to say hello, but suddenly that felt stupid. A simple hello wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't even come close. Jeff stood in front of me, his hands trembling as they held a small bouquet of carnations wrapped in thin plastic and tied with yellow ribbon at the bottom. As my eyes skimmed...